Hello there. I'm Dr. Ahn, the Gridpreneur and host of Woman of Grit, a podcast that empowers women to get their grit back in spite of adversity when they find their voice, reclaim their power, and transform into women of grit. Come on in. There is a seat at the table for you. This episode of Woman of Grit podcast is sponsored by Gritpreneur Apparel, a brand that encourages women to find their voices, reclaim their power, and transform their lives. Gritpreneur Apparel, ever grateful, never quit. Hello and welcome to Woman of Grit podcast. I'm your host, Dr. On, the Gridpreneur. On today's episode, I will be talking about the what's and how's of gaslighting. While some listeners may already know what the term means, others do not. I decided to cover this topic on the Woman of Grid podcast because of recent conversations I've had with other women that led me to believe it is not well understood. Some people just don't know what it is. They've heard the term, but don't quite understand what gaslighting. So that prompted me to do this particular episode. I believe it's important so important that I interrupted my regular schedule to talk about gaslighting, which is an issue I am intimately familiar with on a personal level. But at the time it was happening to me, I did not even know it had a name. I just knew how I felt And once I came across the term gaslighting and started learning about it, I had an epiphany that left me feeling validated and less quote-unquote crazy. So what is gaslighting and how can you recognize it? Psychologists use the term gaslighting when referring to a very specific type of manipulation whereby the perpetrator tries to get someone else or even a group of people to question their own reality, to question their memory or perceptions of reality. It is a form of emotional abuse and a repeated pattern of psychological manipulation that can exist within the context of a personal, a professional, and even a political relationship, the latter being with a public figure and their constituents. Regardless of the particular relationship, be it in an intimate, 
setting such as one involving an abusive partner or parent, whether at work with a manipulative boss or coworker, there are certain techniques used by gaslighters. And there are also red flags that can alert you or someone you know of its presence. So expanding on gaslighting in intimate and personal relationships, the National Domestic Violence Hotline's fact sheet on gaslighting found online at thehotline.org. Gaslighting is an extreme form of emotional abuse that causes the victim to question their own feelings, instincts, and sanity. And this gives the abusive partner power and control. Once an abusive partner has successfully broken down their subject's ability to trust their own perceptions of reality, the subject or victim is more likely to stay in the abusive relationship. Gaslighting behavior may be unintentional or malicious. However, it almost always occurs within the context of a power differential or dynamic. In other words, one person has more power than the other or is perceived to have more power than the other. The threat of losing an intimate partner may keep a person who is a subject of this type of manipulative behavior towing the line and even altering their own perceptions of reality to avoid conflict. It is important to know that gaslighting can still exist whether the gaslighter has malicious intent or not, or whether they are aware they are gaslighting or not. It is the mere presence of the behavior, not the intent that defines it as gaslighting. So you may wonder, how did the word gaslighting enter our lexicon? I stumbled upon it quite innocently within the last five years and had that aha moment I described. This was during my self-development journey after a difficult long-term relationship left me struggling to find my voice and reclaim the power I had lost within the context of that relationship. Looking back now, I recognize many instances in which I questioned my own sanity and my perceptions of reality. I had always believed that my partner's inability to remember events or conversations we'd had moments before was due to blackout from alcohol use. But knowing what I know now, there was most likely gaslighting in the mix. With a better understanding now that gaslighting can be malicious or unintentional, I recognize 
that I was the subject of gaslighting because for a really long time, I had questioned my perception of reality and even my memory. I I literally used to think I was losing my mind. I was going crazy. So finding out about gaslighting did give me some comfort. However, even with the progress I have made and recovery, there are chunks of my memory bank that I cannot access. Very specific details that happened during that time in my life. I would have conversations with friends or with my close relatives, and I really could not remember certain things that happened during that period of my life. So back to the question, I kind of digress. Back to the question I asked about the origin of the term gaslighting. So the term gaslighting comes from a 1938 play called Gaslight, which was turned into a more widely known movie in 1944. In this movie, a husband called Gregory, played by the actor Charles Boyer, who manipulates his wife, Paula, played by the Ingrid Bergman, to make her think she was losing her mind and her touch with reality. In this instance, in this movie, it was malicious. It was intentional. He did this intentionally. And why did he do this? He did this so he could declare his wife insane and commit her to a mental institution and then take her inheritance because she was wealthy. She had inherited a house from her aunt who had raised her and had died under mysterious circumstances when Paula was young and she had died in the same house they were living in. So like I said, in this movie, the gaslighting was malicious and intentional. But gaslighting can also be unintentional. But that doesn't make it any less damaging. So you may still wonder, well, why was the movie called Gaslight? The movie was set in the 1800s, England, an era in which gas lamps were used for lighting. So the husband, Gregory, would deliberately cause the lights in their home to dim and flicker. And when his wife, Paula, commented on the flickering lights or the strange noises she heard in the walls at night, which were, of course, caused by Gregory, he would tell her she was imagining things. Gregory confined Paula to the house and told everyone that she was not well and told Paula that she was becoming forgetful. She was becoming erratic. So Paula became increasingly isolated and started to doubt her own sanity. You can watch this movie. It's, you can find it online. So now that you better understand the origins of the word gaslighting, I'll talk about recognizing some of the techniques used and also some red flags. First, however, I want to stress that gaslighting is never benign, 
no matter how minor each individual offense may seem, because the consequence to a person who's the subject of gaslighting, such as questioning their reality or judgment over time, I liken to a death of a thousand cuts or stabs to our voice and our power. Over time, our confidence, our judgment can erode. Each occurrence erodes our confidence and self-worth. And we may even start having difficulty advocating effectively for ourselves, which leads to a sense of well-being diminishing over time. So have you been in a situation in which someone says or does something that is hurtful or offensive, and when you ask them why they did what they did or said what they said, you are met with statements such as, oh, you must be losing your mind, I never said that, or you're being too emotional, are you on your period, why are you making such a big deal out of this? You always blow things out of proportion. If you are consistently met with these types of statements, especially from the same person within the context of an intimate or professional relationship, and you find that you're beginning to question your memory and even your sanity, it could be a red flag that you are experiencing gaslighting. According to the National Domestic Violence Hotline's fact sheet that I'd mentioned earlier, there are six main techniques that gaslighters may use and include trivializing, countering, diversion, forgetting or denying, withholding, and discrediting. I will go into detail about these six techniques after a short break to hear a message from our sponsors. This episode of Woman of Grit podcast is sponsored by Gritpreneur Apparel, a brand that encourages women to find their voices, reclaim their power, and transform their lives. Gritpreneur Apparel, ever grateful, never quit. Welcome back to this episode of Woman of Grit podcast. And today I'm talking about gaslighting. Before the break, I listed six techniques that gaslighters may use that include trivializing, countering, diversion, forgetting or denying withholding, and discrediting. So let's take a look at trivializing. 
In trivializing the abusive partner minimizes your feelings and may even suggest that your emotions don't matter or even accuse you of overreacting. For example, they may make statements like, you're going to get angry over a little thing like that or statements like, you're too sensitive. The second technique is countering, which is when the gaslighter questions your memory. I am familiar with this. Or they may even make up new details or deny that something happened. They might even turn things around and blame you for the situation instead. So some examples of countering could be statements like, you're wrong. You never remember things correctly. So the third technique I mentioned that gaslighters use is diversion. In diversion, when you bring up a concern about their behavior, they change the subject or turn it back on you by suggesting you're making things up. An example of diversion would be a statement like, Is that another crazy idea you got from your friend or say a family member or simply you're imagining things? Forgetting or denying is yet another technique. In forgetting or denying, when you mention a specific event or something they said, they might say they can't remember or tell you it never happened at all withholding is another technique. And in withholding, the gaslighter brushes off your attempts to even have a discussion or accuse you of trying to confuse them. And the sixth technique is discrediting. In discrediting, the gaslighter suggests to other people that you cannot remember things correctly or that you get confused easily or maybe even make things up. Depending on who you are discredited to, this can jeopardize your your profession, your career, especially in a professional setting if the gaslighter is, say, for example, your boss. This could be an issue. In forgetting or denying An abusive partner who is a gaslighter may pretend to have forgotten what actually happened or denies things like promises they made to the person they're gaslighting. Some of this may seem familiar to you. However, what really makes it pernicious is the chronicity of the behavior. The longer the behavior goes on, the more damaging it is to the person who is on the receiving end. In discrediting, the statements are not made directly to the victim. Like I said, the abuser may tell a third party their version of events that is a total departure from what actually happened. They do so knowing full well that their version of events will eventually get back to you. So what this does is magnify 
the isolation of the victim when a third party is recruited into the drama because now they believe in addition to their abuser that other people are also questioning their judgment and this is really significant because having a supportive community can ameliorate some of the effects of gaslighting it can reduce some of the isolation but if the abuser recruits or is perceived to is perceived by the victim to have recruited third parties into believing that they are losing their mind then it makes things worse for that victim psychoanalyst robin stern phd says it's important to recognize some of the red flags of gaslighting and to begin trusting yourself again in order to overcome this type of emotional abuse what are these red flags that a victim or subject of gaslighting needs to be aware of individuals who are subjected to gaslighting will start second guessing themselves you may ask yourself am i too sensitive not just once but multiple times a day as this behavior occurs you may even feel confused and even crazy i know i felt a little crazy within the context of an intimate relationship you may find yourself constantly apologizing even when you don't feel like you did anything wrong you may even wonder why you're not happier than you are with even when things other things in your life are going well so you may have a great career great profession but you are subjected to gaslighting at home you end up not feeling as happy as you should given that things are working really well in your career you may even find out that you're making excuses for your partner's behavior to friends and family and sometimes this extends into withholding information from friends or family so that you don't have to explain certain things that are happening or have to make excuses on behalf of the abuser or even on sometimes it may just be a feeling that something is terribly wrong but you can't quite put your finger on what it is you are even not quite able to express what it is even to yourself not to talk of to other people to describe what's happening you may even start lying to avoid being put down and for some people once they doubt themselves they doubt their judgment over a period of time they may start having trouble making even the simplest of decisions you're always calculating the end result and doubting yourself unable to take decisive action for me i had a sense that i lost myself the confident fun loving more relaxed person that i used to be had changed i was a different person there were times when i felt hopeless and found no joy in my interactions in my life at the time you are on pins and needles constantly and feel as though you can't do anything right i'm talking about some of the red flags that you could be a subject 
of gaslighting. What are some things you can do and not necessarily to confront the abuser or the gaslighter? Because for some people, this may not be safe. You may make them even more angry. What are some of the things you can do to confirm to yourself that you are not losing your sanity? Because this is really important, ultimately recovering from an emotional abusive relationship or situation that involved gaslighting. Collecting evidence is a way of documenting your interactions with someone gaslighting you to help keep track of what's really happening. Because remember, I mentioned earlier that for some victims of gaslighting, you literally start thinking you're going crazy or that your memory is failing. So by keeping track of what is said in conversations, when the abuser denies a conversation or an event took place, you can go back and check the truth for yourself. It could be notes. It could be pictures. In my situation, when things were thrown around, maybe all my clothes thrown out into the hallway, I had pictures that I saved. When third parties were recruited and told that I was making these things up, I had pictures that I used to confirm for myself and that I also used as evidence. Showing this evidence to a gaslighter, in my experience, made no difference. You just start a new argument. You may even be accused of faking the photograph. So really collecting the evidence is for you. It is to help you stay grounded because you have physical evidence when your mind is playing tricks on you where you are actually wondering if your memory is serving you well or if you're losing your mind. You have physical evidence. You have written notes, you have taped notes, you have video, and you have pictures. That helps keep you grounded in reality. And this may also help you recruit people who believe you. Because gaslighters can really be charismatic and you end up feeling isolated because it may just be a perception, but you get that feeling that nobody believes you, everybody believes the gaslighter because they tend to isolate you. Some of the things that I started doing in terms of collecting evidence was I saved every text message and emails. In my email, I had an electronic folder and I put everything in there. I took pictures of damaged property. Thank God for cell phones, smartphones. I didn't need special equipment to do that. Also writing down dates and times when particular conversations occurred. And also telling a trusted third party when things happened. So it was contemporaneous. So when the narrative changed later on, I had somebody I could go back to and check and said, hey, didn't this happen this time last month, two months ago? 
because now it's being said that I'm crazy. I'm the crazy one. There are some other things I found online when researching this topic. And this, there are some other examples of collecting evidence that I found online when I was researching this topic. And they include summarizing your conversations with direct quotes if possible. And I already talked about using your phone to record conversations if it's safe so you can review them later. However, with recording, depending where you live, it may not be admissible in court, but mostly this collecting of evidence is for you. It is to reassure you when you get that feeling that you are losing your mind, you can go back and it helps ground you and reassure you that you're not going crazy because there are times in this in, in situations like these where you literally feel like you are losing your mind. I want to, however, stress that if you believe your life is in danger, do not stay in, a, in an abusive relationship just for the sake of collecting data to be used later. Your life is most important. So on today's episode, I talked about the meaning of gaslighting and how the term originated. I also talked about some of the techniques that gaslighters use, such as trivializing, in which they minimize your feelings, countering, in which they question your memory. I may even make up details or deny that something happened diversion in which when you bring up a concern about their behavior, they turn it around on you and make it about you. Forgetting or denying is when you mention a specific event or something they said, they may say they can't remember or tell you that it never happened. Withholding in which they brush off your attempts to have a discussion or accuse you of trying to confuse them and discrediting in which they suggest to other people that you can't remember things correctly, you're confused, you get confused easily, or you make up things. I also talked about some of the red flags that could signal that you are the subject of gaslighting. You start second-guessing yourself. You start feeling confused. You may even make excuses for your partner's behavior. And you may even have trouble making simple decisions. You may even start feeling hopeless and joyless within the context of that relationship. You feel like you cannot do anything right. So I also talked about collecting evidence just to help you stay grounded that you're not losing your mind. So if any of these things are happening to you, you can call the domestic violence hotline 1-800-799-7233 or go online to thehotline.org, T-H-E-H-O-T-L-I-N-E dot O-R-G. 
and there is a chat feature on the website. These services are available 24-7, 365. joining us on Women of Grid podcast. Check me out on Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn where I go by the handle at Dr. Arn at sign D-R underscore A-H-N-E and also on my website www.drahne All that information will be in the show notes. Please subscribe to the show to catch every episode and leave a review so I can continue to bring you fresh and relevant content. If there's a topic you want me to cover, please leave them in your comments. See you in two weeks. And as always, remain ever grateful and never quit as you find your voice Reclaim your power and transform into a woman of grit. Thank you.